We should like go and like hang out with Todd. <laughs> Whoa, it's Todd. Yeah. <laughs> Todd's even cooler than we thought. <laughs> Boys, I'm looking for a fella who goes by the name of Todd. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> He's cool. <laughs> Todd would make like a good manager or something. Welcome to another episode of the 206 Geek Podcast with your host Todd, the 206 Geek. Yes, I'm your host Todd, the 206 Geek, and you are listening to the 206 Geek. And uh, so, today is episode 119. You know, I was thinking before I started recording, I was like, I think this is episode 120. And I had to go double check on on uh, the host site for the pod for the podcast. And uh, I mean, I did a recording uh, a few days ago for to thank everybody for for subscribing and listening to my show. And I and I and I still agree with. I'm just, I still think you know I should definitely be more uh, appreciative of those who listen to my show. Um, I've been dealing a lot with anxiety and stuff lately, so my anxiety has been telling me that there's nobody listening to the show, that the analytics are wrong, and and uh, and I and I, I go check the analytics, and they're 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 not as low as my is is I'm they're not as low as I think they are, but they're not as great as I would like them to be, but that's just you know. I've been doing. I've been been podcasting since 2013. I rebooted the podcast about two two years ago, three years ago now, and uh, you know. So I was hoping that being on this new host and you know, I was, I've been trying to do more uh, uh, social media stuff and like you know, sharing links to the podcast on on Facebook groups and other places where get new people to listen and you know it's it's there was a spike back when the the podcast was added on Amazon Music and it, for about a month it like went way up and then it kind of went back down to what it was before and maybe that's what kind of started me thinking that you know the podcast isn't doing as well as I thought so I I definitely want to re- reiterate Thank you for those people that listen to the podcast, those who actually download and and uh, listen to me babble for an hour. Um, I really do appreciate you guys. Uh, and, and like I've said bef- in that other recording, I was like, look, if if you enjoy the podcast, please share it with people. You know, hey, check out this podcast. This guy, you'll enjoy the podcast. I this is why I enjoy it. You know, and. Uh, yeah, so that's that's kind of why I posted that uh, that short recording a few days ago. I just I wanted to say thank you to everybody and and share other ways for people to support the podcast. You know, um, giving a five star rating would be amazing. Uh, if you were to to uh, if you went to the Apple Podcast app on your iPhone or iPad and did a a a rate and review that would be amazing. Uh, if you're not an Apple user, um, it, you can go over to rate.206geek.com 
and that will give you some links to where you can rate the podcast um, from like your PC. And uh, which I think you can you can do through Apple. You have to have like I think iTunes installed on your computer um, and have subscribed to the podcast. The other place you can do rates and reviews um, is on Podchaser, and the link is also on that rate.206geek.com. And if you do a rating and review there, I see when people do rates, ratings, and reviews, um, it doesn't, it gives me like a username. It doesn't say who it is, though. So, I mean, if you're worried about like anonymity and stuff like that, um, I don't know who these people are by their username unless I know their username. So, um, but please, at the very least, I would like you to do that. Please go ahead and give a rating and a review of the podcast on all appropriate places. Um, and the easiest way to do it is just to go to rate.206geek.com and then click those links and follow the prompts for rating. Um, and, uh, you know, I also have the I also have the merchandise shop where you can buy T-shirts, stickers, you know, magnets, you know, um, face masks. Go to shop.206geek.com, and uh, yeah, it's great. It's it's a T public site, so it's it's I'm able to add other people's designs to my shop, and everybody involved gets a, a piece of, of whatever you purchase. Of course, T Public I think, gets the most of it, but the artist gets something, and then I get something for selling it through my shop. So that would be great if people bought some merch through that. And like I said, it has T-shirts, hoodies, um, stickers, magnets, um, computer bags, uh, phone cases, face masks, and a bunch of other stuff too. Those are just the ones I can think of off the top of my head, and um, that'd be awesome if you did that. Uh, if you really, really like the podcast, uh, if you go to support.206geek.com, you have an option to uh, becoming a. I, I suppose I should start calling it a fan. You know, people who do this are fans of the podcast. You go ahead and subscribe monetarily. Uh, there's three choices there. There's 99 cents, there's 4.99, and and 9.99. For those people who support the podcast through that, becoming a fan, I will give you a shout out at the end of every episode. Um, and then uh, I think that's pretty much it for that. I I pulled up some stories today off of Feedly. Um, the first one being that the actor. The original actor to play uh, Boba Fett, his name is Jeremy Bullock. He passed away at 75, so we'll talk about that. And then I saw on Feely that there is a Little House on the Prairie reboot in the works. I don't know how I feel about that. Um, looks like uh, Avatar's sequels were supposed to be released, or at least one of them was supposed to be released this week, and the internet is losing it. That's another story here. And then uh, there's a story here about uh, the Walking Dead movie with Andrew Lincoln, you know, uh, um, you know, Rick, Rick Grimes. 
As I guess it's starting soon, so we'll talk about that. And then we have the original Hellboy star Ron Perlman doesn't hate David Harbour for a reboot. And then the last story I have here is Coming to America, Coming the Number Two America, which is the sequel to Coming to America. I guess there's some images of what we're ex- what we can expect to see in this uh, sequel from a, a movie that came out in like late eighties. It's been a long time since that movie came out. I need to rewatch that movie. All right, so let's get to these stories, man. That first story about uh, Jeremy Bullock, his, he passed away at 75. It says here, this is off of uh, the, the Nerdist.com, or Nerdist.com. Uh, the man who originally wore the Boba Fett armor, Jeremy Bullock, has passed away at the age of 75. A post on the actor's Facebook page says he passed away peacefully after health complications. Born in 1945 in, uh, I know, you know, gosh, it's in the United Kingdom. Uh, I'm going to try to pronounce this. I, I'm pretty sure I'm going to f- screw this one up. Um, Leicestershire? Leicestershire? Um, I apologize if I've got that wrong. L-E-I-C-E-S-T-E-R-S-H-I-R-E. In the United Kingdom, Bullock began his acting career in 1958 back. Uh, then he starred in television commercials. He soon transitioned to film and other TV acting roles. Aside from playing Boba Fett in The Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi, he also portrayed Hamlet, appeared in Doctor Who and Robin of Sherwood. Bullock had parts in James Bond franchise too. The Spy Who Loved Me. For your eyes only in Octopussy. It says, it goes on to say here, Bullock came to the role of Boba Fett. By happenstance, his brother Robert Watts was associated producer on the, the Empire Strikes Back, and he knew that Jeremy would be an ideal candidate to fill out the Mandalorian armor. On his brother's recommendation, Bullock auditioned, and the rest is history. Although Boba Fett famously has minimal screen time in the original trilogy, Bullock gave the character a physical presence. The actor based Bubba's walk and posture on Clint Eastwood from the Man With No Name trilogy. I didn't know that. That is really cool. And you know what? It's it's sad that he's gone, but it's, it's cool to, to think about the fact that Boba Fett is not going away anytime soon we are going to continue to see Boba Fett I think um you know it's uh <laughs> this is actually kind of making me a little emotional because Boba Fett was one of my favorite characters in those movies like it said in the, in the article that he didn't have hardly any screen time and uh didn't say a whole lot but he he just looked cool he had a backpack. He, he had like you know, the the the, the jetpack rather, not the backpack. Um, he just looked like a total badass to me as when I was a kid, and he was definitely my favorite action figure because he was the one that could fly. <laughs> um, 
You know, and if you have, if you've been watching The Mandalorian on on Disney Plus, you know that um, he has at, at this point. If you haven't seen it, I'm gonna just say it. Spoiler alert! I'm gonna talk about Boba Fett in relation to the show. Um, so if you don't want to know what happened, then now's the time to pause and then come back after you've watched it. All right, you've been warned. So in the last two episodes, we've seen, uh, and I've talked, actually, no, I think I talked about it already. So it's at this point, it's kind of like redundant, I guess. Um, so yeah, he, Boba Fett came back. He, he, uh, he met up with the, the Mandalorian and he demanded his armor back. The armor that was that was uh, that the Mandalorian had gotten from the uh, constable in like early in this in this in season two, and uh, in so in, in that first episode he gets his armor back. He puts on the bucket and he's he's Boba Fett, a, a little a little softer on the middle, but he's still fucking Boba Fett. And this 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 last Friday's episode we see that he has um, repainted his armor. So it's, you know, it, you know, brighter colors. It's definitely Boba Fett. Um, it's, it's played by the man who was Jango Fett in the, tri- in the, in the uh, prequels. So that's cool. There's some, some, there's some connectivity uh, with the character. Uh, I think it's, I don't know, just something about it to me that is just, he's still one of my favorite characters. And it's sad that, that the original actor has passed, but Boba Fett will likely continue. And, you know, he's not the only actor to play Boba Fett. Him and, and Tamar, uh, Tamara, uh, I, God, I can't think of the dude's name. The, the actor who played him in Mandalorian, the one who played uh, Jango Fett. He he is I think there's like five was it three or four actors that have played Boba Fett. There's uh, you know Mr. Bullock. Then there's the, the kid from the uh, the the prequels who played the young Boba Fett. He's like in his twenties now I think. Um, and then uh, then there's the the actor who did the voice when they did the special editions. And then there's, uh, you know, yeah, I just, that's really cool that he's, it's, we're going to still have Boba Fett, you know, it's, it, a lot of the people from the original trilogy, um, and there's still a few left, but we're slowly, we're slowly like losing people from the original trilogy. First it was, um. First, I think it was Kenny Baker who was R two D two, and then it was um, then then it was Carrie Fisher, and then it was um, oh man, I should know these names, and I should probably mute my phone. At least it wasn't obnoxious. Uh. And then the original actor, uh, Peter Mayhew. I knew I'd, I'd remember it. Peter Mayhew, the original actor, played Chewbacca. And then, um, 
and I think the uh, the the uh, the actor who was inside the uh, it's a trap that that guy he also passed away and a bunch of a, f- a few other people have passed from the original trilogy and it's it's because they're they're all like they're all senior citizens at this point you know they're in their twenties and their late teens in those in the seventies and early eighties so um. It's you know it's just it's sad it's sad that these people are all going away but we still have their movies that we can go back and watch them and the characters aren't going away anytime soon thanks to Disney you know they're they're going to continue doing Star Wars and in my mind that is that is awesome I will have Star Wars until the day I die so and I've had it since I was six so all right next story here. Next story, The Little House in the Prairie, reportedly a, re- a reboot is reportedly in the works. I'm curious as to where they're going to do it, because the, the original plot of land where they had like the, the Ingalls house and the the village, the town, I mean, the, the land is still there. It's still, it's still a uh, f- used for filming and stuff, but they've they've done a lot of renovation to that place. Um, the, the area of that, you know, it's, it's, that place was called Golden Oak Ranch in California. Golden Oak Ranch still, it's still, uh, used for, for productions. They, they filmed Little House on the Prairie there. They filmed Star Trek there. They filmed Joe Dirt there, Dukes of Hazard, a number of shows and movies throughout the years. Those are just the ones that I'm aware of. Um, and, uh, if you know, if you know how to use Google Maps, you can find Golden Oak Ranch and kind of zoom in and see the area. Um, if you go and do that, uh, when you zoom in on the, the the property there, you'll see like a like a, a back lot that looks like a, a small town or a city, like you know, like modern buildings. You know, there's a there's like office buildings and there's like a restaurant there and there's looks like some houses or apartments and then uh that whole area where they the paved roads and stuff and sidewalks and lights and shit that area is where the the original village for uh for uh the uh little house in the prairie i think the house is the 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 house from the show i might still be there um but the the old town is gone, so they would have to build a brand new frontier village or something, or they would just use an existing one someplace else. They're not going to use the same one because they can't. It's no longer there. They actually uh, tore down those old, you know, Western style village like probably a decade ago. I would I would occasionally like when I'm bored when I was working, I would go and look at. Uh, Google Maps and and see filming locations that, of shows that I really enjoyed as a kid, and see if they're still there. And I remember going looking up Golden Oak Ranch on Google Maps. Actually, Google Earth is probably even better. Um, and uh, remember zooming in on the on the area where the town was, and it's like, oh, that's like a, it's like a a modern like small town you know, or a, a small section of a big city. 
is what it looks like. Um, in fact, you've probably seen that that um, city s- streets and stuff in commercials. There was it was used in a commercial for um, I want to say uh, Liberty Mutual, where the people were walking down the street and there was like an animated arrow walking them through the streets and stuff. I think that was Liberty Mutual. It might be another. It was either it was either an insurance company or it was like a, a medication. Uh, I was like, I recognize those buildings, and was, this is because I spend entirely too much time looking at filming locations and stuff online when I'm bored. <laughs> All right, this is what the article says. I've been babbling about the show and, and how much I like looking up that kind of stuff online. Paramount TV Studios and anonymous. C- and anonymous content, the studio behind Netflix's 13 Reasons Why and Apple's uh, Defending Jacob is set to bring back Little House on the Prairie after a 35-year absence. This series based on this, a series of novels written by Laura Ingalls Wilder between 1932 and 1943. An unpublished, unfinished manuscript was discovered in uh uh, posthumously published in the 70s, making it essentially an elaborate bonus feature in the series box set. It's TV adapt- adaptation, which starred Michael Landon and Melissa Gilbert, ran from 1974 until 1984, running for more than 200 episodes and four movie-length Specials becoming one of the most beloved series of its time. I got to admit, I'm I'm not a huge like Western fan, but I really liked that show. And um, I don't know, there was just something about it that I I enjoyed. I I think my sister and my mom also liked that show. And uh, let's see here. Recently, Trip Friendly, the son of Ed Friendly, the the TV executive who first licensed the rights from the Wilder family, told EW that there was interest in bringing the world of Little House back on back to the screen, and uh, that was that it was something he had been working on. Now, it seems th- that this is one one step closer to being a reality. As the Hollywood Reporter is saying, a reboot is more than speculative. I can I can speak. I can you know, I can say those words. It's like fifteen syllables, but I can I got it. Um, <laughs> the original series was loosely based on the books, which were in turn fictionalized versions of her own experiences growing up in the late eighteen hundreds. ABC made a miniseries in 2005 which followed the plot of the books much more closely but only got around to adapting two of them. Little House in the Big Woods and Little House on the Prairie. And a follow-up was never made. I didn't know they did anything in 2005. I may have to see if I can go find it now. I have to look on Amazon. Hopefully it's there. Wilder's death in 1957 didn't mark the end of the family saga. Her daughter, Rose Wilder Lane, would write some books that were fictionalized accounts of her own experiences 
and while they were nowhere near as widely loved as her mother's, they have stayed in print more or less consistently since they were published. Uh, no writer is attached to the reboot at this point, although it is reportedly had, uh, inter- had interested buyers and will be produced by Joy, Joy Gorman and Dana Fox. Uh, and in an interesting twist, the original Little House in the Prairie had promised its remote location had promised its remote location to return to the countryside to its original condition after they struck their they struck their sets. As a result, the series finale centered around the demolition of Walnut Grove, and almost all of the sets were destroyed, one exception. The Ingalls family homestead, which it was taken apart and preserved off-site by actor Stan Iver, who still has it, uh, could it be refreshed and reused for a prospective revival? Probably not, but Ivar tried to donate uh, it to the Laura Ingalls Wilder Museum at one point, only to have the move blocked by Ed Friendly. Um, friendly son who had no idea about any of this told Entertainment Weekly recently that he supported such a donation if it was still possible. He also said that there that the trying times facing Americans amid the COVID-19 pandemic may be part of what's driving the push to revive the show now instead of earlier. Okay. That's cool. I you know what? I like I said, I enjoyed the original show. It was, you know, it was it was cute. I I think one of the reasons why I liked it is I, I liked it when Laura would uh would um get one over on uh Nellie. If you don't know who I'm talking about, Nellie was like the the rich girl on the show, she was like the spoiled, rotten brat who got everything she wanted. And Lord and her family, they were, they were not um, well, well to do or anything like that. They, they, they had to, you know, scrape by. So any and every t- chance that Laura got to, kind of, put it, put it to, uh, what's the word I'm trying to unuse here? You know, trying to, trying to get one over. Or trying to get back at Nellie Olson was always funny to me. I was like, yeah, stop being such a mean bitch and just leave her alone kind of thing. Um, yeah, so the next story I have here uh, was Avatar sequel was originally scheduled to release this week and the internet is losing it. Uh, all right. It's been 11 years since Avatar was re- was released in theaters and James Cameron has been working on his, his follow-up to the movie ever since to make to, and to make the wait a little more tolerable this week, marking the original release date for the first, for the first sequel, a tweet from 20th century Fox from September of 2017 confirmed the the December 18th, 2020 release has picked up steam on Twitter today and fans poke fun of the 
frequent delays in film schedules and length of time between the two movies. We've collected some of the best reactions to the anniversary and Avatar 2's original release date below. Let's see what we got here. <laughs> oh, that's tomorrow. Wait a minute. <laughs> One more day, LOL. Let's see. <laughs> Who are these kids? <laughs> I feel bad and then, it, then the next tweet says I feel bad for the Avatar super fans who saw this tweet 1177 days ago immediately logged off and went into hiding to avoid spoilers and just emerged from their bunkers to line up for the midnight showing tonight Oh man. <laughs> Three years later, we're still waiting. <laughs> All right. Oh, this, so this, this, this original tweet that everyone's responding to was from 2017, and it has a photo of actors who are going to be in the second of the three uh or the of the the second sequel or the first sequel cuz they're as i recall they were doing two more sequels so two and three so these guests were kids that were going to be in the second movie <laughs> all right let's go on to the next story here The Walking Dead movie, Andrew Lincoln reveals early 2021 start shoots uh, shooting start. Let me try that again. The two, the The Walking Dead movie, Andrew Lincoln reveals early 2021 shooting start. That's better. All right. <coughs> the The Walking Dead feature film, but. Bringing back Andrew Lincoln, Andrew Lincoln's long missing Rick Grimes is coming to life in the spring. The, f the film's producer and writer Scott Gimble, also the chief content officer of AMC's The Walking Dead universe, announced the franchise's first theatrical trilogy following Lincoln's season nine departure from the, the mothership tele television show in November of 2018. Planned as an AMC original movie that would air on the network with the scope of, of of feature films, telling an epic story about Rick in a new corner of the zombie apocalypse. AMC Networks and Skybound Entertainment would partner with Universal Pictures to bring The Walking Dead films to, into theaters. Huh. Well... <sighs> I don't know. It's, to me, it just seems like at this point, it's it's probably not going to be in theaters, at least not in, in my state anyway. Hopefully, it'll it'll be like on uh, AMC's, you know, streaming site or app or whatever, because they have 
looks like AMC Plus or some shit like that. And this says here, Lincoln hopes to hopes the first Walking Dead film will start shooting in spring of 2021, months after COVID-19 pandemic postponed production on his Rick's on on his Rick return. He told the the Associated Press, "Quote." It does feel like there's a certain sense of positive positivity and the Calvary's coming with the vaccines, Lincoln said. And there's a real sort of sense of renewal, hopefully. If the Walking Dead movie comes out of hibernation in the spring, it could release into theaters in 2022, the same year The Walking Dead airs its airs the last episodes of its 11th and final season. Oh man. I ha- I still haven't watched the new the new series. Um I I tried watching the the uh Fear of the Walking Dead and it, I don't know, I just I couldn't get, you know I think now that uh maybe I can st- I'll start watching Fear the Walking Dead and then and the new one which I can't remember the name of it I think I just said it here a minute ago I may have to start watching that one too or I just may just be like done with watching zombie shows <laughs> which is entirely possible Let's see here This is the Walking Dead creator Robert Kirkman, who penned the film's screenplay with Gimple, added work was continu- continuing behind the scenes, and that extra time allowed, f- and that extra time allowed by industry-wide shutdowns means the pandemic is going to make a lot of movies better. Yeah. The Rick Grimes feature film is chief among them, Kirkman says, just because we're getting a lot more time to cook this thing and make sure it's perfect. Yeah, that's awesome. I you know what? I've I've been a fan. I uh, I I wasn't a fan from the very very beginning, but I think I. I jumped onto the show around season two and I quickly like binge watched season one so I could like get caught up and was watching with everybody else. And ever since binging season one and then continuing to watch season two, I became a hardcore fan of the show. I wasn't a fan of zombie films before that. I still don't really watch zombie movies. Um, but because it's you know Robert Kirkman, I may check out the, this one because I like his I like the way he he writes the zombie stories. You know, I enjoy it. All right, next story I have here: original Hellboy star Ron Perlman doesn't hate David Harbor for a reboot. Why would he hate the actor who played the part that he played ten years ago? He, the actor himself has nothing to do with, you know, whether or not the movie was any good. I mean, not really. I mean, that movie. Okay, I watched that that the reboot, and it was um, it wasn't memorable. I'll give it that. I'll say that. 
and I don't think it had anything to do with the actor who played Hellboy, David Harbour. You know, I think it had more to do with the the story, and I think it had more to do with the the director. Maybe I don't think the actors were at fault. I think they just had a crappy story, and maybe that's why. I don't know. Was was Ron Perlman even like? asked to, to do it again or did they just assume that he didn't want to do it or was busy or who knows this is what it says here on this story here on comicbook.com when it when a new hellboy was announced years ago which confirmed that neither star ron Perlman nor director gilmo uh, del toro would be involved the pair expressed their disappointment at not getting the opportunity to complete the trilogy they kicked off years ago. When that film was both a critical and financial disappointment, uh, one might think that those involved with Del Toro's two films would celebrate the recent project's shortcomings. Yet Permalin recently detailed how not only did he not have... Not only did he have absolutely no wishes for the films, either in its triumph or its failure, but he wished nothing but success for star David Harbour. Quote, I'm, well, I'm fond of David Harbour. He's a really good guy and he's a good actor. So I was hoping for the best for him. But I had my hell, my Hellboy epoch era, um, that, but I had my Hellboy Epoch era was what it was. Perman recently detailed to comicbook.com about his reaction to Hellboy's disappointments. Quote, this has really nothing to do with, this has really nothing to do with it. There was no overlap. They were two completely different entities. So I didn't have an opinion about the new Hellboy or wish for it to succeed or fail. But I did make it clear that if there was a chance to finish the trilogy with Gilmo, we had done the first two films. And in the image of what... we he had in mind in terms of closing all the circles. That is something that I would to this day consider doing. But since it didn't happen, then I had moved on and didn't have an opinion about any of it. And I'm not being, uh, I'm not being effusive or hyperbolic. That's just the truth of it. I'm going to have to look up the effusive. I don't, I've heard of the, I've heard the word hyperbolic use, but I don't know the, uh, uh, expressing feelings of gratitude, pleasure, or approval in an unrestrained or heartfelt manner. Okay. Let's, um, you guys are listening to me. Google words and finding out the definitions of them because I don't know what they are. Uh, okay. 
Adjective relating to hyperbola. What does that one mean? <laughs> it says a sim, uh, symmetrical open curve formed by the intersection of a circular cone with a plane at a similar angle. What? I, I, I'm even more confused at this point. What does that have to do with... Okay. <sighs> what is... The definition of hyperbolic is something that has been exaggerated or enlarged beyond what is reasonable. Okay, that makes more sense. Jesus. It wasn't difficult. Why, why did the... Okay. I don't know. All right. <laughs> as far as whether or not we could ever potentially get that third film, last year's reboot surely complicates things. Even if Del Toro is one of the most acclaimed filmmakers of his generation, luckily fans don't have to wait much longer to see Perlman battle more fantastical creatures as he stars in Monster Hunter based on the video game series. I'm going to have to look that one up because I don't know anything about it. I'm not going to do it right now, mind you. I've heard of Monster Hunter. I know it was a video game, but I don't know the story behind it. I don't know what it entails. Sounds like it'd be interesting to... Excuse me. It sounds like it'd be interesting to check out either way. All right. Last story I have here. This is going to, I may have to pull up another story after I'm done with this last one here. Cause I'm running out of steam and or stories. All right. The last story I have here, and then I'll bring up something else is, the sequel to Coming to America, which is also called Coming to America, but the sequel is Coming, the number two America, Coming to America, uh, says, first look images. Get ready to let your soul glow this coming March 2021. 32, 32 years after coming to America, the comedic duo of Eddie Murphy and, Ars and Arsenio Hall, uh, they will be reprising their roles as Akeem and Simi in Coming to America, which will debut on Amazon Prime Video. Coming to America is set in the lush and royal fictional country of Zamunda, the newly crowned King uh, Akeem and his trusted co confidant Semi are pushed into another adventure. It will have them traveling through their African nation all the way back to Queens, New York, the place where th their first adventure took place. Ahead of its release, Amazon Prime Video has released several first look images of the film with these images 
it seems like they wanted you to get nostalgic. We were very, we see very similar shots from ones we saw from the first film. You can check them out below. Oh, dude, it's awesome. James Earl Jones is in it. I think we kind of knew that, but it's it's good to see him wearing the Zamunda crown. <laughs> or the barbershop. <laughs> oh, my God. It's showing all the characters in the barbershop. That's amazing. <laughs> all these, all the stuff I'm talking about today, you'll be able to check out these stories for yourself. Uh, I'm going to be putting the links in the show notes. Go to link, uh, go to notes.206geek.com, and you'll be able to check them out there. This is, I mean, you can tell these are, like, more recent than the ones from the 1988 or whatever the first one was. Some of these look like they're pictures from the original movie, though. <laughs> I'm excited to see this movie. I don't know about you guys, but I really enjoyed the first one. It's probably one of my favorite uh, Eddie Murphy movies. Here's another story I can pull up. All right. Batman and Robin stars George Clooney and Arnold Schwarzenegger were never on set together. Really? A lot of body doubles, I guess. It's no secret that Batman and Robin is widely regarded as one of the worst comic book movies in the last few decades. And even star George Clooney has spoken multiple times about his disappointment with the project. It was one of the biggest superhero films upon its release. And it sounds like the Hollywood machine had made it a soulless endeavor for all involved. As Clooney and Mr. Freeze actor Arnold Schwarzenegger never appeared on set together while Batman and Freeze had multiple scenes where they interacted. The two actors never came face-to-face -face while filming. Speaking on the Howard Stern show earlier this week, Clooney revealed that he was merely a cog in the machine. He goes on to say that the main players involved with Batman and Robin were not proud of the work they produced. We never saw each other, Clooney said about Schwarzenegger. It's a big monster machine, and I just sort of jumped in and did what they said. Clooney's profile as one of the of Hollywood's top actors hasn't yet in that in in wasn't yet intact when he took the role of Batman. He made it clear to Stern that it was one of the biggest opportunities at that stage in his career. Quote, I could have done that one differently, Clooney said. It was a big machine, that thing. You have to remember that at that point, I was just an actor getting, getting an acting job. I wasn't the guy who could greenlight a movie. 
He added that many people involved with Batman and Robin, including the writer and director, would admit the movie wasn't as good as it could have been. The truth of the matter is, I was in a... I was... Okay, this is a a quote here. The truth of the matter is, I was bad in it. Akiva Goldsman... who's won the Oscar for writing since then. He wrote this uh, the screenplay, and it's a terrible screenplay. He'll tell you, I'm terrible in it, I'll tell you. Joel Schumacher, who just passed away, directed it, and he'd, he'd say, yeah, I didn't, it didn't work. We all, we all whiffed on that one. While Batman and Robin and its predecessor Batman Forever were were wildly panned are wildly panned nowadays, they have received newfound appreciation for their zany and campy approach to the superhero that hasn't been seen since the Adam West show up from the sixties. A lot of love poured in when Schumacher passed away, as people recognized the fun energy that permeated from the the two takes on Batman. The critical backlash from the film resulted in a well-received reboot of the Dark Knight trilogy from actor Christian Bale and director Christopher Nolan. It's hard to believe that would have happened if Clooney hadn't made Batman and Robin. You know, I don't know. I'm also of the opinion that um, Clooney's Batman is not the worst Batman. I'm of the opinion that Christian Bale's Batman is the worst Batman. I know a lot of people probably are going to hate me right now for it. Todd, don't be an asshole. You know, I'm sorry. Sorry, not sorry. I don't like Christian Bale's Batman. You know, it's probably it probably had more to do with the fact that his choices for his voice... It also could have just been um, I didn't really care for the real world approach to the, to the Batman story. Um, it wasn't necessary in my mind. Um, is as good as Heath Ledger was. I even back then I didn't think of him as the Joker. Kind of like how people are saying that they don't think uh, um, uh, Joaquin Phoenix Joker is the Joker. They don't see him as as the Joker. They just they see him as a Joker, not the Joker. And that's how I felt about Heath Ledger because it was essentially it was like okay, this guy looks kind of like the Joker, but his his portrayal of it is more tweaker like than than just insane. Like I don't know. That's just that's my personal opinion and. I know a lot of people don't agree with that, so that's fine. And uh, I don't know. I, I, I'm I'm looking forward to seeing what uh, Robert Pattinson does with the Batman, and uh, you know. And I think we're going to be seeing a little bit more of 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 Batfleck, as I recall, or I think I saw something earlier saying that. Uh, um, well, we're definitely going to be seeing more of Batfleck because of the Snyder Cut, which will be coming out like next year. 
I did see something recently saying that it was coming out sooner than initially we were initially told, which in my mind is great because I think we were told the release date for uh, for uh, for um, the Snyder Cut was going to be in September of 2021, which I was like, okay, that'll be great for my birthday, but I was really hoping to watch it like early next year, as in like spring of next year, you know. Oh, well, I guess. (laughs) All right. One last thing I want to talk about here, I guess, is for, for you Mandalorian and Star Wars fans out there, Nerf has made a replica Mandalorian Emben Sniper Rifle Blaster gets a deal on Amazon. And this looks pretty dang cool. It is. It is supposed to look like the 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 rifle that the Mandalorian has in the show. And if you are old enough to remember or have seen the holiday special, you saw the animated short in there with Boba Fett carrying one of these things. What is the price on this thing? Uh, this is really. What is? I want to find the price because this looks really cool. I could see people getting one of these and like painting it to make it look more realistic and then using it in, in, in cosplay and stuff. Um, it uses Nerf darts, so that's cool. I'm not seeing a price. Oh, there it is. Uh, pre-orders for the Nerf Star Wars Mandalorian Ambin Phase Pulse Blaster are live now via the links below for $119.99 with shipping slated for October 2021. So you can order yourself one of these things, but you're not going to get it for another year. (laughs) Yeah, you can put a picture of it in like a shoebox, wrap the shoebox up, put that under the tree for next week. And then when the kid opens it up, they're going to look, this is what you're going to get for next Halloween. Sweet, huh? <laughs> All right. That's cool. I mean, I don't, it's not $120 cool and like waiting a whole year cool. <laughs> Although it looks like the, the, uh, Amazon, if you pre-order it, you can get it for $10 off. You can get it for $110.99. Okay, $9 off. Still, you know, that's that's not a huge discount if you ask me. <laughs> $10 off is is okay, that's you're just you're you're adjusting for the price of of taxes. <laughs> you're still going to be ta- paying taxes. But, you know, something that costs $120 is going to cost you another $30 in taxes, at least in Washington State anyway. I don't know, man. <laughs> All right. Well, I think that is it for today. I I was, I was have scheduled for a, a live show, and I may still do it today. So you want to go to stream dot two oh six geek dot com to to check it out. I believe I have it scheduled for six PM Pacific time. 
So it's six, seven, eight o'clock Eastern time. No, six, seven, eight, nine. It'd be nine o'clock Eastern time. Um, and I'll, I'm probably going to just do, um, depending on if I have people in the room, I may just do another thing like I did today, where just I bring up some stories and talk for an hour. Um, normally in the last few weeks, I've done live shows on Get Vocal, and I record a full two hours. Um, I'm I'm probably not going to be doing that anymore. I think uh, I think going forward with Get Vocal, I'll just I'll just it'll be just me. And I will find stories to talk about like I do on this podcast. But I'm going to do a live stream of it. And uh, you can check out the live stream by going to stream.206geek.com. And you can uh, set up an account over on Get Vocal and subscribe to that channel. So whenever I go live, you'll get a notification. And uh, I set up uh, another podcast feed so that um, once the the live stream is done it will it will save automatically uh the live stream to this feed if you go do a search for the 206 geek live on your on on amazon excuse me not amazon i don't have it on amazon yet i have it on on uh i have it on apple podcast and on spotify if you do a search for the 206 geek um, you'll probably see this podcast you're listening to right now. You'll see the 206 Geek Classic, which are old episodes when I had the show with the other guys. And then there'll be a third one that will show up as the 206 Geek Live, and then we'll say in brackets, recorded. And um, and you can subscribe to that. And whenever I do a live show, if you're not watching the live show or listening to the live show, um then you can you can uh, check out the archive of it from this this new feed that I created, and uh, I will put a link to that feed as well into the show notes so you guys can check it out. Thanks again for listening to another episode of the Two Hundred Six Geek. I've been your host Todd, the Two Hundred Six Geek, and uh, I, like I said at the beginning of the show, I really appreciate you guys for for tuning in every week and listening to me babble. Um, Again, please do a rating and a review by going to rate.206geek.com. And um, if you want to buy merch, you can go to shop.206geek.com. And if you want to become a, a uh, I guess, I'm a, I think I have to figure out a name for it because it's the, the support page, which is uh, subscribing monetarily to the podcast and helping support the podcast and myself. Um if I get enough subscribers through support.206geek.com, I will look into hiring somebody to like edit the podcast so it's you know sounds better or gets rid of all the weird pauses and or mistakes that I make. Um, if you think that it's not necessary, please tell me. I would love to hear you guys' input. Tell me um, if if you think I should if I should get someone to edit the, the podcast and make it sound better. If, uh, do you, you know, do you have any issues with the podcast? Let me know. Shoot me an email, Todd at 206geek.com. Let me know how you feel about the podcast. I want to know. I want to hear what you guys have to say. Um, 
constructive criticism is welcome. Um, this is not an invitation to be mean or rude, um, but I want to hear from you guys. So if you want, shoot me an email. Tell me if you think that I should get someone to edit the podcast, fix all the ums and ahs and me flubbing things and, and, uh, 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 you know, that stuff like that. Um, or just in general, just making it sound better. I think it sounds pretty decent, but then again, I'm not, I'm not a, I'm not an engineer. I'm not an audio engineer. I, I don't know. Um, I've never done that kind of thing. I've been doing the podcast since 2013, but it's, it's more or less kind of learning on the fly and, and I've learned, I've learned some things with, you know, using microphones and, and recording and I can, I can edit things if I have to, uh, if I can, if I have to pull out something that is not, you know, appropriate or, um, you know, if I want to take out a specific section of the podcast, I can, I can edit that, but you know, if the audio sounds weird or, you know, that's too loud or too quiet, I don't really know how to do any of that kind of stuff. So if you think that I should find someone to help me with that, let me know, shoot me an email, Todd at 206geek.com. Um, you can also just PM me through Facebook or Twitter at 206geek. And uh, that works too. Thanks again, and I'll talk to you guys next week. Bye. And now is the t- part of the show where I like to thank those who support the podcast. And if you also want to become a podcast supporter, you can go to support.206geek.com. Thank you, Leanne P., for your support.